Hey. Hey, you. Yes. You. Do you want to feel good and look good? Be safe online in your business? Perfect. That's the place. That's the time. It's another episode of the Right Brain Geek podcast. Hi, mighty ones. It's a different type of episode today. It's a l o episode, you know those, but this one is a bit more somber. It's the third time I've been trying to record it. I couldn't find the right words, but I realized there's never going to be exactly the right words. So just follow me on this. I'm begging you to listen, though I know it is really important. I know you've had enough maybe of hearing about the latest events and maybe it's already too much, but please, please, I'm begging you, follow through with me, listen to this episode. Because I don't think we have the luxury to avoid this kind of chat now and to turn our head anymore. We just don't. You may not be into politics, you may be an empath, a highly sensitive person who struggles already with all that violence. You may need to shelter yourself from the fullness of it. I do get that, but please, please hear me out because we need you. Maybe you can start by taking a deep breath because that always helps. Black people and minorities are shaken up, white people are shaken up. But not for the same reason, not with the same feelings. As the white person I am, I've said when I heard of Charlottesville, how is that happening? I can't bear it. Why don't they know better? It's awful. How can that be happening in our day and age? And I've cried and I've been angry. But for a black person, a minority, I'm afraid it's not news. They've seen this, they've been experiencing this so many times in various shapes and forms, but it's not actually breaking news. I've been more open lately and I've been trying to learn about white privilege. I'm really glad and really grateful for friends who started sharing their experience and their day to day anxiety. I'm grateful for white thought leaders who are standing up and calling us out on our privilege so we can wake up and propagate the ripple of love and awareness. I've realized I don't know enough thought leaders from a diverse background and I'm hungry for that. So if any of you have recommendations of books or YouTube channels or podcasts, please send them my way because there's a lack there, not of existence. But of connection. There's been more occasions lately to discover the huge differences in everyday life between our experiences. From clever advertising, if you don't know the ad I'm referring to,、uh, check out the show notes. I'm putting the link for you there. An ad that just went out、uh, from Procter and Gamble. Really, really eye opening for me. And obviously, a Charlottesville event. Lifting that white privileged veil, even a tiny bit, made me weep. I'm shocked by Charlottesville event. It's so harsh and violent, it's unbearable. And I can just imagine how awfully stressful it must be to meet a black parent nowadays or to be a Muslim woman with a scarf in the street. 
I can only imagine how stressful it is to see your teenagers going out, even if you know they are good kids who don't do any bad, because you know they are at risk just because they're black. You need to have the talk on how to handle police checks and general safety tips. I just can't imagine how they cope daily with that anxiety. So my point is, being shocked and appalled is not enough, and because it's not about us and we don't have that luxury, we can't turn up the TV anymore and get on with our life. I don't want to make you feel guilty, guilt is of no use here. I want you to weave your own corner of a huge safety and love blanket for the world though. As an empath and high sensitive people, it's hard for us to face all of this. It doesn't mean we are not mighty and we can't do things. We have power to do something. We can learn about white privilege, smile to people of minorities when we sit next to them in the bus. We can correct gently but firmly our friends who make a racist joke. We can have a really important and sacred chat with our kids, explaining to them what is racism, how it's not okay, how it needs to be called out when we see it. I have read an article from Erin Brooke, and that has given me so much food for thought. It's been really, really helpful. McKenna held always, always, she's so good at shaking things up, getting us out of our comfort bubble to expand and raise our awareness. All the links will be in the show notes, so you can check on therightbranking.com slash 31 and you'll get all the links. We need to ask ourselves the awkward questions. We need to look into ourselves and we need to have the uncomfortable conversations. I don't want to be asked in 50 years by the kids of the time, why didn't people do more? Could they not see what was happening? How could they tolerate this hate? Because lots of things happening now really, really reminds me of the 30s. It's home so much. My own grand-uncle was imprisoned during World War II. He was part of the French resistance. He lost an eye when he managed to escape Nazi camps. I lost a couple of other grand-uncles in that war, ones I never met, because they fought from what they thought was right in the French resistance. I don't need, yet, to fight like they did. Doesn't mean, though, I don't need to resist in my own way. We need to resist the hate and that Nazi trend that's rising in plain light. I can do it on my own terms. The last few days, I have thought of my great-uncle Lot. How he and all the soldiers who died and suffer in this war must be totally saddened and angry that the beast is out again so openly. So did they suffer for nothing? I hope not. There's been lots of progress for minorities and equalities in the last century. But really, if we look at it, can we not do better? It's taken a long while to get basic, basic rights and there's still so much to do. So now we all have to fight, no shying away from this, with our own tools and ways. And it's not about politics, it's not about freedom of speech. Freedom of speech stops when you want to take a car to kill people. It stops before you grab a pole and hit a man just because he's black. Freedom of speech stops when you wait again the freedom of being. 
because it's just that black, Indian, Asian, Jew, Muslim. They only want to be, be respected as a fellow human being and live in peace. It's not politics to say that you disagree with racism, that you want to rage it. It's about basic human decency. It's about setting basic standards. I've read lots of comments online and to people who say, oh, they're just kids that don't feel heard, they're not Nazi. To people who say nothing would have happened if they had been let alone to do their, their walk and procession. I want to ask you, or to you, my listeners, to ask them when you hear that. Can you not see the Nazi symbols, the t-shirts quoting Hitler, the hand salute? Can you really think that people lash out so easily and with this kind of belief would never hurt anyone? I can imagine there is a reason for these men to be so hateful. I can imagine that they don't feel hurt, that they don't have enough confidence to be happy with themselves. But just because there's a reason doesn't mean it's an excuse. And yes, there are so many problems deep, deep rooted under this hate that needs to be addressed. But these are no excuses. There's going to be lots of work to be done to help understand why people are getting so vocal about the hate and why the the Nazi groups are getting so much power now. And it's not because of one person. There are visibly reasons, deep, deep reasons that creates all that anger and that hate. And that needs to be addressed because it's not going to vanish if we don't go to the root of it. And there's going to be lots of thinking and brainstorming needed and action to be taken to solve that hidden route. But for now, we can act on our little bit and we can't give excuses, even to kids. There's not such a thing as an excuse to be a Nazi or being racist. There may be explanation that doesn't mean it's an excuse. We have to do the work. We have to make the first step to educate ourselves, to check our thoughts, check our reflexes. Are we aligned with our values? Are we actually doing what's right? Because the problem of white privilege is that we are not aware of it. It still does exist. It is there in us. Even if we don't want to see it, it is there. We have to accept that we are part of the problem and that we have to be proactive to be part of the solution. If you are white sudden, overwhelmed, and want to make things better, please read the... If you're white, overwhelmed, sudden, angry, and you want to make things better, please read that article from Erin Brooke. She helps you walk through these feelings and questions that anyone with a big heart can have after this terrible event. Learn how you can help. For example, I've subscribed to the Safety Pin Box newsletter myself as they give clues on how to be a better ally. Love harder, talk, share these questions. Try to talk on social, but maybe maybe just share one-on-one if you are too shy to be vocal on social. But please, in any way, in any measure, do take part in the massive of doing of aid and racism. Even if it's just by smiling more to minorities whenever you meet them or asking questions to your friends. 
we have a lot of work to do, and it's not on our brothers and sisters from the minority to do the heavy lifting. They have already so much on their plate. They're dealing with so much, so much. It has to come from us, and we can do this. One conversation at a time, one moment at a time. We are all a drop in the ocean, but we are part of the, this ocean. We can make a difference. We are all connected. So I would love to hear from you. I would love to hear your thoughts on this and the article. But actually, I just would love even more if you were to take action today and share this episode or share Erin's article. Send it to one friend who's upset to fuel inspired action. Much, much love to you all, mighty ones, and let's make this world a better place.